How's it going over there, Fox? It sounds like you're constructing a table. Okay. Uh, how does that sound? Esteban. Who is this? New number, who this? It, it is it is Catherine. One of the things I noticed while recording or editing episode zero was that I cannot speak like a human being. So Wait. I have to try extra hard to speak <laughs> clearly. Um uh, this is a bit of an awkward question, um, Catherine. Uh, which which Catherine are you? I know like three or four Catherines. Uh, is is this uh, Catherine Duffy? This is Catherine Fox. Whoa, Catherine Fox. Yeah, that's me. I I think I recognize your voice a little bit better now. Um, your mic was doing maybe something a little funny, maybe something a little weird. Uh, everything going all right? Yeah, everything's fine. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, it's just, it's been a couple of weeks since we caught up, so... Yeah. How are you doing on this fine October day? I'm doing great. Uh, the weather is very nice in Los Angeles, as always. Um, I had a very busy couple of weeks, though. It is uh, actually getting quite cold here. Quite cold. It's, like, down to, like, 60 degrees. <laughs> but it's been, like, actual real fall weather, and it's great. But now there's, like, wind outside, and it always sounds like howling ghosts, and it's pretty spooky. Y'all got uh, leaves there, right? Like, the colors? Yeah! They're gonna, they're gonna start changing soon. Um, they're kind of starting to just pale and yellow right now. They're not, like, full color yet, but mm. I'm looking forward to that. But it's probably still, like, summer in Los Angeles, as always, right? It's always eternal summer here in Los Angeles. But I did have a surprise visit to Boston mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the week. And so I got to experience fall for a couple of days. Got to see those gorgeous, gorgeous orange orange leaves. I'd be like, ah, so this is, what, this is what it's like in the East Coast. So the leaves were already changing up there? Yeah. And there, I, I heard that in Vermont, they had already had their peak tourist season, which is when the leaves are at their most colorful. Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I haven't seen, like, orange trees, like, fall leaves in so many years. And I don't know that I'll see that many, because there's actually a lot of pine around here, but I'm, oh, man, I'm really excited for it. <laughs> but this is your season, right? You're all about, all about the fall, all about... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I always used to think that, like, winter was my favorite season, but I think fall might be my favorite season. I don't know, I like them both. I, I like the cold, dead, spooky seasons. So what what were you up to since we last? I, I feel like I feel like I did a lot. Uh, I got I saw a uh, a ballet. I, I saw uh, Dracula as a ballet. Did Dracula dance? Yeah, I don't really know how ballets work. I know how like plays. Did Dracula work. 
did Dracula dance? Yes, they all dance. They're all ballerinas. It was it was actually like it was way sexier than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Was 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 Dracula played by a dude or or was it all ladies or It was played by a guy. Um it was it was interesting. I'd never seen a ballet before, so I don't really know how they're supposed to work. But this one had um one character who was the narrator and he didn't I don't think he did any dancing. He was mostly just there to explain the plot. Um, and he also, like, said dialogue for other characters, so he was the only one that was allowed to, like, speak, I guess. And everybody else was just, like, uh, dancing. Um, but it was really, really cool. It was actually pretty accurate to the book, from what I remember. There was a point where, like, uh, the girl playing Nina was, like, suspended on a rope by her wrist, like, doing some, like, crazy aerial stuff. There was a point where, um, oh, what was the character's name? I think Lucy, there was a number uh, early on in the beginning that was uh, basically the scene where, like, Lucy gets, like, uh, attacked by the vampire. And she, there's, like, she's wearing, like, this, I don't know how to describe it. It was, like, a giant ribbon that they also, like, wrapped around her arms and, like, suspended her by. Mm. And it was, like, there were some crazy moves going on, and it was really, really cool. There were actually, like, I didn't notice until the end when everybody did the, um, like, took a bow at the end, but there were two people playing Dracula. I don't know what happened. Like, maybe one got injured and they switched, or maybe mm. there, maybe one was in another city. I don't know what happened there, but... Um, two there Draculas. Two, two Draculas. And, of course, he was the one with the giant V-neck that exposed his entire chest. Nice. Um, very good. But, yeah, it was, it, was very, it was very good. I would recommend going to... The Dracula Ballet this season, if there is one in your area. That's super cool. I went to IndieCade last weekend. That's um, right. Yeah. Is this like the first IndieCade you've missed since we um, uh, came to L.A.? I, I'm certain there was a year where I didn't go when I was in L.A. Because uh. IndieCade has like, always been like a pretty big deal for us, at least in my mind, right? Just. I think over the years it's gotten... like less fun for me somehow. Uh, I feel like it was the best, like, the first couple years of college when I was new to it. And it was also had, like, a much better venue at that time. It's true, um, yeah. Tell me about most, the most recent IndieCade. How did it go? Well, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of an adventure. So it's at a new location again. Um, this year it was at the Santa Monica College, which isn't a place I am very familiar with at all, which ended up being a problem because, uh, I was asking around for directions and stuff on how to get there. I assumed I would just get off at the Santa Monica line on the train, which runs really close to my house. So just hop on, get off at Santa Monica, and figure it out from there. And it was more complicated than that, and I got off at the wrong stop three different times trying to figure <laughs> out where it was. I was getting some terrible directions that were just pointing me all, all sort of which ways. I was trying to meet up with, with our friend Kevin, who went to the Santa Monica campus three times because there's three different buildings oh gosh <laughs> so he was going to the wrong one every time and so as i'm walking around trying to find this place a huge torrential downpour comes out of Whoa. nowhere yeah in in los angeles that's really rare incredibly rare none of us apparently if any of us had bothered to check the weather forecast we would have known that it was going to happen but <laughs> why would why would someone check the weather forecast in los angeles it's always the same so that was kind of a shame because we were going for night games which is when they oh, play all the video sense. games out at night and it got rained out so none of them happened oh, which is a shame, shame. Uh, i was wearing my my fancy utena sweater it's super cool 
but it was raining and it's this uh just white white sweater just pristine white and the rain was was going through that los angeles pollution and it now has like stains wherever raindrops hit it oh no (laughs) i'm sorry it it was really unfortunate um i think i'll be able to fix it well now it has kind of like a grunge feel to it maybe if maybe the stains weren't so yellow. <laughs> oh, oh. The fact that they're yellow is like, oh, God, Los Angeles. Yeah, just from the rain. That's crazy. And all that's going to wash down into the ocean, I bet. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so I had a, had a good week. Well, a was good there couple any, weeks. Were there any games that indicate that you want to you wanna highlight? Oh, shoot. That I want to shout out? Yeah. Hmm. Let me think. Uh... So, uh, we've got some friends that are working at Tender Claws, which does yeah. uh, AR and VR stuff, I think. They were showing a game called Tend AR, Tend R, and it's like if uh, the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and Tamagotchi had a bizarro baby where you're taking care of a fish, and you can see this fish in AR, so it kind of looks like Pokemon Go, where you point it <laughs> at your room and it's just sort of like floating around. And this cartoon fish feeds on emotions as fish food. Whoa. And you generate emotions by looking into the camera or pointing the camera at people. And, like, if they're smiling or if they're frowning or making any other faces, it'll, like, convert those into uh, into fish food of, <laughs> of that type. And so you have to give it a healthy, balanced diet of different, different emotions and faces. That's really um, cool. To take care of it. And it's got a great uh, system for placing, like, furniture around in its, in its little virtual AR aquarium. Um, it was super neat. Super, super neat. That does sound really cool. I realize now that I completely forgot to do a, a sign-on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> this concludes our introduction. Time to begin the podcast proper. Welcome to Free Wi-Fi. It's a podcast where we don't do introductions until way later. <laughs> we don't really have like an official title yet, so we're kind of just taking turns each week, just making up one. Um, I've been trying, I've been like playing around with like, what, what kind of podcast is this? Is it like a workshop podcast? So I think today I'm just going to call it, um, a, uh, uh, thought I could think of one on the spot and it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you can do it Fox. I believe in you. This is free Wi-Fi, a, a chill space where we, 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 we gather to talk about things that we're making and give each other feedback and make plans and uh, continue making cool things. So it's a motivation podcast. That was a pretty good, like, you nailed it. Yeah. That's me clapping. I, don't know I, I was better. clapping too, but it was, it was quieter. Wait, maybe a snap would be better. How do you do that? You, you don't know how to snap? I know how to snap, but like not like that. Uh, I'm snapping two fingers at once, like two both hands. I'll be real. I think my fingers are covered in too much hair gel to like get the right <laughs> motion for a snap. <laughs> That's just where my life is at right now. <laughs> oh man, I did not. I haven't I haven't put any product in my hair. I, I'm like I'm very uh, natural today because I'm not going good. anywhere. I wash my face, didn't put any lotion or product on. I'm just 
I'm 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 Matt today. <laughs> well, I'm going out to uh to Knott's Berry Farm for their spooky Halloween stuff with a bunch of friends later. Knott's so Berry like, Farm? What's that? Yeah, they're like uh they're nearby Disneyland and they have a bunch of more roller coasters and stuff. Oh so man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm oh, man, terrified. I'm so I, I I I'm excited, but also it's gonna be spooky. Oh, you're a baby, huh? Oh no, no, I'm not a baby. I'm just a <laughs> summer child. You know, I'm all uh, about the sunshine, and uh, you're much more of the the Halloween type than I am. I'm more like Halloween light because I'm not really a fan of like really scary, like disturbing stuff. Like some people are. Like I'm not really into gore or zombies or really. I'm I'm more just into like. The melancholy of it, I guess. I don't uh, know. It's complicated. Yeah. But roller coasters sound great. Yeah. That's like the one thing I was kind of missing out of uh, Disneyland was like the more thrilling rides, but not too thrilling. That's why Space Mountain's my favorite. Yeah, Space Mountain right now. They're doing a. It's it's the Ghost Universe or something. Oh shoot! Someone's gonna listen to this and they're gonna know more about Disneyland than I am. But um. I went for I went there pretty recently too to do some trick or treating. I was taking care of a bunch of two year olds as they're going around, and all the rides have uh, spooky themes. And so Space Mountain has like a ghost mountain, and all the projections have like skulls flying across oh the screen. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so funny. I want to go. I want to do it. Oh man! Should we talk about video games? Yeah, let's talk about video games. Tell me, tell me, uh, what progress you have made this. These past two weeks. I think is two weeks. Is that a fortnight? Every two weeks is a fortnight. It sure is. Fortnite's a video game. It sure is. Well, <laughs> you you played what I what I sent you, and um, I did. It's a it's a big mess. Yeah, describe describe what you sent me first, so people have like something to visualize. So I sent you an executable um, of the game, and it's not. It doesn't have the complete game loop, which was sort of my goal to get to get through. It's much more of a UI mock-up that allows you to sort of go through a bunch of the screens. Uh, a lot of the content in the screen sort of kind of repeats, and so it's got like the same phrase that shows up over and over because I haven't filled in uh, the information for those. But you can talk to characters and ask questions and kind of get answers back from them, but the questions are really bad right now. It's got an energy system that sort of goes through, but the information the characters are giving you isn't yet stored like it's got a bunch of holes in it it's really just a very pretty interface that you can click through in uh in a way but it's got a million issues and i am interested to hear what your highest priority issues are (laughs) (laughs) so uh let me start by saying i love it it's so cool there's i have like a whole list of things that i think are really really cool and i think you're going in like a really good direction with it but uh, I actually didn't. I actually uh, wasn't able to uh, ask anybody any questions. Um, mm. I kept giving me like null reference exceptions, um, and all I could do was go back to the list by saying, "Oh goodbye. no." Um, I mean, I, I assumed that. Like, also, my energy meter didn't have any value in it, so I assumed I just didn't have. Oh no! Energy, <laughs> or so when I first started uh, reading it. The aesthetic immediately put me in the mindset of like, okay, this is going to be like a, a more like a classical, like old timey story. But then, uh, you, but then the text mentioned an airlock and oxygen supply. And I was like, oh, this is a sci-fi universe. Okay. So automatic, like right away that juxtaposition I found like really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I remember, I remember you were saying uh, you wanted this to feel like uh, the novel of the future, or like a novel from the future. I think, uh, I think you're on the right track. Sweet. I really, really like the graphical design. Which I, where, where did you get all those assets from? Yeah, I was um, hunting around the library trying to figure out what sort of graphical design uh, inspirations I could find. Um, sorry, I was a, I was at a bookstore. Um, going through their graphic design section and I stumbled upon a book that was all about typographic ornament and was like, perfect. This is exactly what I need. It just is full of all the borders and frames uh, that have been used in books for hundreds of years and are all in the public domain. And it had a link to uh, 4K versions of every single asset that was in this catalog. Yeah, it was a perfect find. And so... Um, all the ones that you're looking at are, yeah, those are those are taken from real books. Um, yeah, those so, are real designs. So the effect is like this old, like printing press style book, but the the way you're interacting with it is much more like like a, a smooth like ebook. And I, I I really like it. I think it's really cool. It has a really cool effect. I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, if nothing else, that was kind of what I wanted to try and see if I could capture the feeling of. Uh, feeling of that like to find sort of its its tone with the graphical design i also really like just a quick like writing note i know it's too, still super early and like none of the none of the text is finalized i assume it's <laughs> kind of just like placeholder. i just threw it in there yeah yeah but i do really like how brief it is like that that opening blurb that described the story was like i think the perfect length it didn't go into too much detail um you didn't have to explain the world to me i automatically knew like oh this is like a futuristic society where they have oxygen farms and corn farms and whatever um Sweet. so it, it already painted like a really interesting picture and and leaving out like a, a lot of sci-fi tends to go into a lot of detail about um the systems of the world and everything which is like one of the main draws of sci-fi but for this like you don't need to do that just something to keep in mind i guess but yeah uh, i like that i like the brevity of it Okay, so let me go. Let me let me get to my list of things that uh, I think need work. Oh, another thing that I liked real quick before I do that <laughs> um, is the journal. I I really like having a thing that I can write in. Yeah, once that's hooked up and functional, um, and I want the player to be able to access that from from anywhere. I'm going to make it so if you like swipe okay, up, okay, good. You can pull yeah, I, I was I was actually that was actually one of my notes. Like I want to be able to access that journal anytime, so I ha I have a way to like track my progress and have a reminder about like where I am in the story. Did you like how it has a very different typographical style from the rest, or did that seem? Uh, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't mind that. Off. I thought that was fine. It's kind of like a typewriter almost. Yeah, yeah. So one thing um, I noticed right away, uh, right after the blurb, it, it took me to the character list, and I was uh, right away kind of overwhelmed by how many characters there were. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really have any context about like what I was doing or who these characters were or what their situations were to like make an educated choice. So my first choice was just to pick a random name, which didn't really feel very good. I don't know, maybe having a bit of context. One thing you could think about, um, I know you probably don't want to do like character illustrations. I'm not opposed to it in the, in the, in the long run, figuring out how to do that or something just so that there's, there needs to be an introduction to the characters for sure. That way you have some context. There could be, there could be like a written introduction, like when you're meeting everybody, but there are a lot of characters. So you'd want to like have to dole them out like yeah. in small groups at a time, which could take a lot of time. One thing you could do is put some decorative elements on each of their names to kind of indicate 
what their profession is or like who they are or maybe assign each character their own uh, font or like mm. illuminated text to kind of act as their character portrait. Yeah, that those are really good ideas. If you're put onto that screen with all those names, you have a little bit more context like, oh, this guy's name has a hammer next to it. He must be like a blacksmith or something. Yeah. And I do want to try to figure out how to put all the characters uh, fitting into it, sort of like a system that, like, all together, you can sort of see how the society would function. And so if everyone has a role like that that can be uh, indicated with a graphic like that, I think that would make it really easy to, to remember who's who. Oh, does, uh, there's, a, there's a map of the town in the game, right, when you're choosing where to go? Yeah, yeah, I sort of just ripped that from the same source, um, I think. No, wait, where did I take that? Oh, no, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that image was just taken from uh, uh, some Macross concept art. Oh my god, really? Yeah. I didn't look at it that closely. <laughs> you might notice, I, I'm trying to remember if it's the, the image where there's like cars also driving like on the roof or something. It's a little hard to tell because I like covered it with a bunch of text. But I was like, I need some line art. I need some line art that looks like futuristic, but also grounded <laughs> in, a, in, in just a particular way. So It was a little weird playing this on... Uh, PC because it's it's uh, the way you interact with the buttons is to kind of is to swipe them like a page, so it's it's obviously like more built for tablets and phones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's meant for for touch things. I've been trying to size it for a phone so it can work, but also if everything everything scales up, I've been checking both of them. Um, a lot of the work that I've been doing uh, when I was starting at Skydance was UX and UI work, and so really just wanted to to flex flex there a little bit and have a bit more like creative freedom to use what I've been been learning to make a more fleshed out interesting UI with a, a lot of personality sort of just in in the UI yeah I, I thought the UI was really interesting um but the game system underneath it completely broken and not functional <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah no it's it's pretty broken but I, I can I kind of get an idea of of what you're going for um I think what you could definitely use is a uh tutorial character like maybe mm. somebody in the beginning that's kind of explaining the situation to you and um, that's like the only name you have to like swipe and make choices about what you want to say to them so it kind of introduces that concept to you. That's a good uh, idea. It can, it can be like a throwaway character or like a, a side character or like a, just someone who's not like part of the mystery. Yeah. Just to, just to train the player like, hey, this is a person, this is how you interact with them. You don't, need, you don't actually need to say like have tutorial text pop up. People can figure right. it out. Yeah. But just having that more controlled space. Yeah, it needs a funnel because it opens up way too much immediately. I would also like to know how much energy I have before selecting a character to visit. Like, I, I know okay. it displays your energy level when you're in that character screen. But it should be more persistent across that phase. Yeah, I think that would be useful. Maybe that's something that a journal can, can, uh, can have. Part of the typographic influence I'm doing is I want to count each day as sort of like a page or a chapter and mark that in the corner of the screen. But I could also put the energy in one of the other corners. That way it's persistent. I wonder how hard it would be to make those uh, those uh, old-timey graphical elements dynamic, like make them parallax so it kind of looks like it's 3D. With, yeah. Like with the gyro when you turn the phone. Yeah, I want to I wanna give it some 3D with gyro and I also want to give it sort of a a sparkly animated border um, with the typographic yeah. elements. I want like oh, I it to look you like space. About this. Yeah, I was trying to do some research to figure out how to give it a glitter effect, um, how to make a material that 
as as glitter and then I can feed in a parameter with the gyroscope's movement so that it can uh, shift what sparkles but instead of looking like glitter it's it's going to be using a glitter effect to have sort of stars just along like the border so you'll see like purple or black cosmos bordering the thing and it'll feel more alive every time you move the phone but I love space yeah that's gonna be so cool uh will there be a train level (laughs) will there be a train level I I gotta think about that it should be an immediate and obvious yes, because train levels are always the best level in any video game, right? <laughs> like, that's just fact. Of course. Trains rule. Trains are great. Trains are also, like, they're part of the genre. You got, like, Murder on the Orient Express. Like, you got to have a train somewhere. But I also am trying to figure out how to logistically trap all of the characters and all the situations, right? Like, everyone is sort of bottled up. I mean, they're, on a, they're already on a spaceship, right? Yeah. But if there's a train, is that train just existing sort of within... Uh, within the ship, does it connect to uh, an outside world in, a, in in some sort of way? Like, there's a port included on the map right now. I'm just trying to figure out like what does the world building for the the society look like right now. So there's questions I got to answer, but it would be good to have a train. It could be like the Galaxy Express, where it's like an old timey train, but it goes into space. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, you, you really don't need to like describe anything. It's just like that's train. true. Yeah, um, uh, I think the, I think letting people fill in the aesthetics of the world is totally fine. Yeah, and people can imagine that however however they want, which yeah. is why I want to kind of be very deliberate with whatever images I do use because uh, the text can be evocative in a way. It just needs also some icons and images to help uh, make it immediately recognizable and grab on to like, all right, yeah, that is that, that is that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you have, or have you been testing it on like a phone or? Yeah, yeah, I've got, um, I've got a phone, but I don't have an Apple account yet right now, so it only can exist on my phone for like twenty four hours before the the build is poots out. Twenty four hours. Yeah, so you can you can put a build on on a on a mobile device on a specifically an Apple device. I don't know how it works with Android, but um, unless you have a developer license, which usually lasts one year and allows you to do a whole bunch of other stuff with it. Uh, for free, you can just put something on the phone, but it doesn't it doesn't last very long. Like it'll only be there for twenty four hours. Oh, so like it like detects an outside thing and purges it. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, I wonder how this would play on the Switch. On the Switch, I hadn't thought about that actually. I wonder. That's more like a long term goal, I think. But this can work on the Switch. I, I don't know. The Switch doesn't have a touch screen though, does it? It does, but only in mobile. And so, like, if you take the tablet out and you're playing on it handheld mm. um so they kind of discourage having interfaces that only work with touch but at the same time like there's nothing really stopping it so if it can work with a controller and with touch screen then i could totally look into doing that i'd have to figure out how to make it work with a a wide screen as opposed to like a portrait because i've been building the ui yeah. kind of precisely towards that but it might change like who knows i might completely take different directions in terms of what I'm presenting and stuff. Well, I think that's about all the notes I had. I, I think I had some minor things, like I kind of wanted to be able to go backwards in the book a little bit. So at the beginning of the each day, there's there's like um that introduction to the mystery, but having that blurb about like what is currently going on was, is actually like really helpful, I think, to yeah. just to remind you. But um, I wanted to be able to go back to that page to read it rather than yeah. finish the day and start a new day again to read it again, so... I don't know, maybe maybe having access to that uh, is something you want to consider. 
that's good feedback i took the book metaphor a little too far maybe where it was like always like linearly like progressing forward but there's a lot of information that you need to access i think the goodbye should work both as like a page forward and a page back because people mm-hmm. might think like oh it's like it's like a previous screen in a ui so you want to go back to it so you want to page backwards yeah or it's like a book where you want to go back to that page so you page backwards i, I think forwards also work so maybe goodbye can be both because it goes back to that character list right yeah, yeah. And that character list, like, just in my mind, is, like, a page. That's like a table of contents and, like, a choose-your-own-adventure book. Mm-hmm. Um, are all characters available all the time? Right now, but I'm thinking about changing that because you're right. It does need to sort of funnel them in to, to onboard the player instead of just overwhelming them with 11 characters right off the bat. Some characters could unlock after you interact with somebody else. Like, it's the morning, so some people aren't available. Some mm-hmm. people are only available in the morning. And then you have your evening, which is, like, your own thing that you do. Um, but maybe having a little bit of, like, time of day incorporated into um, the character list. It's just, just so, like, not everybody is available all at once all the time. It's just, like, a little much. Maybe maybe later that can be a thing. But yeah, if you, when you're trapped on the Orient Express together. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you're just, if everybody's just, like, working in town, they have, like, work hours and times that they're asleep or busy. So... That kind of gets down to, um, I don't know where this like game design principle sort of comes from, but I think people are comfortable making a decision between like three, maybe four options at once. But once you give sort of like more options than that, like it, it can be just too many. There's a sweet spot between how many choices the player needs to be able to make at any given instant, and I need to, to find a way to nail that down. I think they might be able to handle more as they get to know the characters more. Yeah. Um, but having having so many people at once is definitely uh, it's definitely difficult. Thank you so much for the feedback. Let's talk about your game. <laughs> My quote unquote game. <laughs> I like how you, I like how you named it Remoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been using the working title Remoon because it's like there, it's a response to Moon or Harvest Moon. So yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I thought that was cute. Yeah, so you built a uh, sort of a navigation system so the player mm-hmm. can move around a space, and you've got some uh, placeholder little blocks so you can move around them. You've got a slope they can try to go up. So, so let me let me describe my my process uh, for the past two weeks. My task was to just create a simple like character you could walk around with, so you can like move around the world. And I started by trying to do that just in hard coding it in C sharp. Uh, gave up. Um, bought Playmaker for Unity and uh, learned how to use that. And so now I'm using Playmaker. It's um, it's a Node-based coding thing. Sorry, it's a it's a it's a Unity plugin. There's a maybe not a lot, but there's there's a good amount of uh, plugins for Unity that give you like a visual scripting option. Mm -hmm. Playmaker was uh, recommended to me by somebody I know, so I thought that would be the best route and. how are, you, how are you finding it? How are you finding node-based programming? I, it's great. Um, I've had a, a long and troubled history with trying to code just manually in, in C-sharp or whatever. But I have been using node editors at work, so I'm starting to get more familiar with it. I was always trying to like avoid committing to that because it always felt like kind of a cop-out or a cheat. People give it a bad rap, and you know, they're wrong. <laughs> if yeah, it works, I, it I works. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and they're wrong. This is what's going to work for me, so this is what I'm going to do. And um, if it gets to a point where it becomes, like, problematic, 
I don't know. I'll just I'll, I'll deal with that when I come to it. And it still yeah. gives me the option. Like it doesn't like lock out hard coding altogether. Like I can still write scripts if I really need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like that's just not my strong suit. So and if I spend too long trying to hard code it, I'm gonna lose confidence and give up. And I was pretty close to that. Like that first week, I was mostly just like just getting really frustrated trying to get this thing to work. Um, and then I was just like, screw it. I'm spending forty bucks on a good plugin that'll help me do this and it'll it'll serve me well for for anything I want to make because I always have ideas and it actually it, I, I was able to build this character controller in just like a couple hours um, mm-hmm. but yeah um, I would like to know uh, how you found the character controller uh, I find it very smooth that's like the the most important thing right um, I thought it was interesting that it has sort of a tank style controls where you're mm-hmm. uh, Left and right does the camera rotation, but it also changes the direction that the character is moving in, which is, yeah. I think, a, an older style of a character controller, which is fine. Uh, it it works. It does mean, however, that sometimes there's a bit of a... Uh, like, the way that a car sometimes to maneuver needs to do, like, a two-point turn, I would sometimes find myself doing that, which can be a little unnatural uh, looking for, for a human to sort of do. But it's still pretty easy to get where I need to go. Yeah, so so what I was doing here was basically replicating the character controller that exists in A Wonderful Life. Mm. Um, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. Uh, except in that one, you can't walk backwards. Um, That's true. Which actually doesn't end up being much of a problem because the world design is, is very open. And I never really found myself getting stuck on anything. So it might become a problem in mine, but we'll see. I started with... Uh, with something more like modern, where you could you can move you could strafe basically. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. I wanted to try. I wanted to try a more old school one, mostly to see. I kind of like how alien it feels. Uh, it feels just a little odd, and uh, I, I want to try running with this one for a little while and seeing how it feels. Because um, it's really easy to change to something more traditional, especially with Playmaker. <laughs> cool. Um, or not traditional. Uh, modern. Um, but I, I, I guess I really wanted to, to replicate A Wonderful Life, uh, first and kind of work from there. But yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of like how, how unwelcoming it is, how, how <laughs> weird, like, tank controls feel. It's just a little bit off-putting, but not enough to make you, like, not want to do anything. I suppose that the, sort of the genesis of this movement scheme comes from the fact that when it was on the GameCube, and I guess for some reason also on the PlayStation 2, it was all using one stick. Movement because right now playing this on a PC like the mouse isn't controlling the camera; it's all handled with the the movement inputs. And on the GameCube controller, of course, like eventually, like the C stick came to be standardized for camera control, but like that wasn't wasn't sort of like the primary primary thing. You can play the entire game on a single joystick, um, and that's sort of the direction this is going in, where I can control everything with just just the movement, and the mouse isn't isn't important. It, it's more simple and sort of accessible in that sort of way movement style i am starting to realize now as i think about it it's gonna be problematic when it comes to uh the actual farming bit because a wonderful life also gives you the option to to pivot using the d-pad oh yeah yeah like if you're standing still you can use left right on the d-pad just to to pivot in in place and that's mostly just to get your your crop watering done so you can focus on specific squares yeah, but it'd be very hard to maneuver using this screen. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I'll probably end up changing it once uh, once I get some some more like farming mechanics going. But uh, we'll see how this feels for now. Cool. 
Do you know what sort of next step you, you want to do in terms of this character movement? Like, is there anything um, else that you wanted to do that you didn't have time to? I thought about um, trying to build, a, like, an interaction system. Like, if you if you approach an object that's interactable and is within, like, a certain range, you could press A and it'll, like, pop up with some info about it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I, I haven't built that yet, and that's, uh, that's going to be a very big part of the character controller. It's just being able to interact with stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about the, the movement speed? With the... Um... The zone that you built, like, it feels really nice and fluid. But um, I wonder if uh, something was further away in the distance, if it would feel too slow. You know what I totally forgot to do? Um, this is in my plan. I wanted to be able to make a toggleable sprint. Okay. So have a walk speed and a sprint speed. Yeah. So you can just toggle between them. I totally forgot to do that. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's, that's something I'll have to do, too. But, uh, yeah, right now it's just kind of... It's okay for the space that it's in. It's definitely going to need to get tweaked as I as I build stuff out. How do you like the uh, the the dummy character model that I made? I think the proportions are really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, me too. Do you not agree? <laughs> I was I was uh, I was drinking some coffee. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> I, I was complimenting the proportions of your character. <laughs> was, did I say something wrong? So one thing that modern games have been doing, which I don't know how important it is for the gameplay um, of this particular type of the game, but a lot of modern games that have been sort of over the shoulder or like you know behind the back will shift the camera over a little bit so that the character isn't in the center of the screen and you can see sort of very clearly the what what's ahead. Like to the left or the right, or you mean? Or? Well, the camera would be a little bit would offset the the character to the left or the right so that the very center of the screen all you're seeing is sort of just like straight down without being interrupted mm. by by the character model that might not be important because uh that's more for like a first person shooter where you need to see where you're aiming very very clearly and here the camera is high enough up that i can still see in the center of the screen unobstructed by the character i can see ahead but uh the player does obstruct part of the screen and that's probably fine because your character is the central focus. It's it's about it's about you. You should be in the center there. But I just wanted to bring up as a as a possibility that Yeah, I, I still definitely want um like the world and the environment to be a very big part of like what you're experiencing as part of the game. Uh, I think that's where I want my focus to be mostly is um just filling out the world and making it just enjoyable to be in. Uh-huh. So figuring out a good way to angle the camera to like optimize that is is gonna be a little tricky. I I was trying to figure out like maybe I can do some kind of fisheye effect or change the uh, uh, field, the of, field view, of view uh, yeah. a little bit. Maybe maybe model the world on a cylinder like Animal Crossing does. <laughs> Although maybe not that because that actually kind of cuts off the horizon. Which yeah, is yeah, that's so you can see the sky a bit better. But I also don't have a way to switch to first person. Uh, yet, that's true. Which is a which is a feature in A Wonderful Life. Trying to determine if I want it to be able to like move around as in first person too, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Sweet. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, possible next directions and things to like. You know, different ways to go. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like. So, uh, what do you think your 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 goal should be for the next week? Uh, I definitely want to be able to implement like a a, a sprint toggle. Typing that down so I don't forget. Cool. Uh, so being able to adjust your speed, I want to try making a, like an interaction system so you yeah. can interact with some basic objects. 
so for an interaction button, there's sort of like two ways I guess I can go. Like the player can have like a trigger box that when an object is inside of it, if the if a, a particular button is pressed, the player communicates to that object, hey, I'm picking you up. Or there's the object has a trigger sort of around it. And if the player is inside of the object's trigger, then the object can check whether or not it's being interacted with or not. And it might be sort of a case-by-case basis. I don't know if it's going to be like a door is going to have its own trigger box, but a uh, a jar on the ground will intersect with the player's trigger box instead. Yeah, I was trying to... I, I, was, um, I was thinking I would do the player thing, like the player has a trigger box on it, and if that uh-huh. passes over an object... Or collides with a with another collider that has like an interaction tag on it or something. Yeah, yeah, tags. Um, Do you have a list of possible objects to interact with? It might be good actually um, to build sort of a design document that has a list of the things that you want to interact with. That way, you can sort of plan what features that interaction needs to be able to have. Because like in uh, the SNES Harvest Moon, all objects are tied around being able to pick up and throw except for a few exceptions, like uh, milking a cow. But if you want to... It's like, there's chickens. And if you want to take care of the chickens, you pick up the chickens and you set them down somewhere. And when you pick them up, they'll leave behind an egg. So you can pick up the egg and then put the egg down somewhere. And it's the same two verbs being used across the entire the entire game. Oh, that's right. Picking up and putting down. Yeah, and if you want to woo a girlfriend, like you pick up an ingredient put it in the oven or something and then you pull out a cake and then you pick up the cake and then you throw the cake at the at the girl and that's <laughs> that's how you flirt um yeah so they broke down everything in that game for the snes at least it's a little bit different for the the gamecube one i think but they broke everything down to just those two verbs to do everything with um and so whatever actions you want to do it'd be good to have a list of those and figure out if there's a similar way that you can simplify everything to just a few verbs that way you don't have to do a bunch of bespoke programmed interactions yeah that's a good idea so i'll I'll work on a design document to kind of organize everything yeah i totally forgot about the picking up and putting down i was just focusing on being able to move around oh hey Um, no that's all right that was that was the goal was to to get moving around working i didn't really figure out what goals i'm doing for the next one but i have a lot of good feedback so um let's see i need to Dang, yeah, dang. I don't know what the best step is going to be for me. Yeah, so so we there are a couple of things we talked about that you would need to uh, work out. I think um, all the systems need to work before you start building out, like, quote-unquote, levels, right? Yeah, so I might be on just sort of bug fixing until I can really address a lot of this feedback. You can spend some time writing up some more uh, unique text pieces just to yeah. have some... <laughs> just to have a, an easier way of... Um, of, of testing it because I, I when I was testing it I was always unsure like am I done uh is this broken I'm not really sure yeah I had a lot of null reference exceptions whenever I interacted with people yeah I don't know what that's all about so I gotta get to the bottom of that <laughs> that's pretty bad uh <laughs> if if that if that was going on um I was expecting it to hit bugs but so the, the start screen the start screen is like a, a file select is there actually a save system in the game no, no. A lot of that UI is very um, aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no file select stuff. It's it's uh it's all the wireframes basically blocked out without a lot of the functionality attached to them yet. So like the journal, like you can see the journal, but it's not actually recording the data as you're unlocking it. It's not saving what you're writing into it. You can't switch between different days on there. All the buttons for that exist, but it's not hooked up to anything. I could do some uh, documents mocking up design because. 
making design documents and figuring out what the plan is is part of the work. Like that's 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 part yeah, of the deadline too. I had when I was testing it, I had to resize the window to like be tablet yeah, size. Yeah, the right the right shape. I was trying to figure out how to do that on Unity, and I I haven't been able to crack it. When I first played it, I didn't realize I had to resize it, so a lot of information got cut off. I was really confused. <laughs> oh no! But uh. Overall, I think you're going in a really cool direction, um, and I'm excited to see more of it. Oh, thanks, Fox. You too. You too. We've got two weeks to fix bugs and add more functionality to our character systems. Uh, would you like to try doing a corner segment? I would love to try going into the corner <laughs> and seeing what's there. <laughs> Welcome to the Game Corner! This is a segment where we talk about just games we've played, I guess. So, um, Esteban, you just mentioned that you have played the new Mario Party. No, actually, we're playing the Japanese copy of Mario Party 2. <laughs> okay, uh, so, so an old Mario Party. Old a Japanese Mario Party. copy... Yes, Alec, our uh, friend at Yacht Club, um, received a gift of Mario Party 2, the Japanese version. Why is the Japanese version special? Someone might be wondering. Well, it's mostly the exact same, with one key difference. If you finish the Western stage, the cowboy level, then uh, whoever won shoots Bowser with a gun. What? (laughs) Yeah, dude, Bowser dies. What year did this come out? This is 1999. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right, I guess. Criminy. (laughs) It was uh, quite surprising. Yeah. Uh, uh, We've had a long, long standing feud with Alec, who is the best at video games. All of them. Best of video games, and yeah. even though we'll team up just a, everyone against Alec in Mario Party, he always wins every always single wins. time. Like yeah. everyone thinks Mario Party is about a bunch of luck. It's not about a bunch of luck. Mario Party is a game of skill. You can be good at Mario Party and you can win consistently every single time. But this time, uh, there's five of us playing total, and so two of us were teamed up in a team. But so, yeah, the four of us all completely ganged up on Alec. We did everything we could to land on Boo spaces so we could steal his coins. So he was just unable to get a star the entire game and just completely just decimated him. He won every single mini game, but we were able to keep him down, keep him away from those stars. And so when the end came, uh, Donkey Kong, yeah, Donkey Kong got that gun and shot Bowser. It was uh, horrifying. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was like immaculately rendered. <laughs> I was so surprised. It had like reflections and everything. I was like, uh-huh. oh my god. <laughs> So was this so was this game altered in the US or just it never came out in the US? It came out in the US. It's it's still considered probably the best Mario Party game. Um, Is there still a gun in it? They replaced it with like a really goofy looking pop gun, I think. Okay. It it, it doesn't look like a gun at all. It looks like a like a party popper if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's believable to me. Instead of just, like, this glistening silver resol- revolver that's just like, yeah. holy wow. cow. <laughs> How is that not a meme already? Jeez. I guess it probably was at some point. Maybe, maybe. But, yeah, Alec won. Probably, or Alec, Alec didn't win. Alec did not win. He got in second place. <laughs> the best we could do, it took four of us teaming up against him, and all we could do was knock him from first place to second by a few coins. Mario Party, it's like it's like the diplomacy 
of uh, of video games. Mm, it just definitely. it ruins friendships. Uh, although it's more fun than diplomacy, I, I guess. Have you played diplomacy? I played it once in a game narrative class. It, it was a lesson on emergent narrative. I see. But uh, diplomacy is the kind of game that makes you like paranoid about what other people are uh, saying and thinking and plotting, and it just it bleeds into real social norms, I guess. Uh, and even so, even after the game, you're like, oh, that that jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually watched a GDC talk recently where a similar thing happened with a with a game prototype that they had in the office, hmm. um, and apparently it, uh, it, it they eventually had to ban it because it was causing a lot of uh, toxicity in the office. Wow, video games are so powerful. Uh, what did I play recently? So of course I've been playing a ton of A Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still playing it unironically because I find it great and. You were also, uh, you, you were watching some David Lynch, is that right? David Lynch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, this getting, isn't a video game. It's not, but, but you're getting uh, some Twin, Peak, Twin Peaks inspiration for some vibes. Sounded yeah, like. so I, I, I was invited to go see uh, Fire Walk With Me, which is the Twin Peaks film uh, with a couple of people from work at the Alamo Draft House, uh, which is actually a very, very cool place. And we have one here in North Carolina. Apparently there's, uh, it's like an Austin, Texas thing. Yeah. Um, and there might be some in Los Angeles too, but maybe it's just Arclight in Los Angeles. But Alamo Draft House is very cool. Um, I saw a fire walk with me. Uh, it spoiled all of Twin Peaks, but I didn't mind because I don't know when I'm going to go back and even finish Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it was, a uh, it was a very, very stressful film. Um, and it made me think like, really want to make the game this stressful <laughs> um when i likened the feeling of a wonderful life to twin peaks i was mostly i think i was mostly referring to like the first couple episodes of the first season of twin peaks where you're not like you're not really sure what to make of the show yet um and you're like you you can't tell if it's like trying to be weird or if it's doing it accidentally or if it's supposed to be funny or if it's supposed to be serious so you're kind of thrown for a loop, and it all feels kind of uncanny. Hmm. Um, Fire Walk with me is is a uh, it's it's more like just a stressful trip through some hellish, maybe not hellish, but it's just oh god, man, it's a lot. <laughs> it's very it's pretty violent. Uh, it does that thing where there's like quote unquote jump scares, but it's not so much a, a jump scare. It's just like all of a sudden it's really really noisy. Like someone screams, or but it was a it was a pretty pretty bonkers film, good Halloween film, I guess. I definitely don't want any sexual violence in the in this game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought like I thought it would be a good movie to see, so that's what I did. Um, but I, I I went back and just started playing A Wonderful Life again. Are you playing anything else? I oh you know what I got to play an event with some Starlink toys. And they're great. <laughs> You'd highly recommend them. 10 out of 10. I, I'm considering purchasing a copy because it's really, really fun playing with the toys. Um, and also, uh, if you shoot rockets in the game, it's it's uh, it's it's just a ton of circus. It's, yes. It's beautiful. Good. It's, it's actually, <laughs> it looks great. Uh, you should look up some videos of it because uh, I was watching people play and they shot some rockets and I was like, wow. Okay, like, yeah, audibly, I gotta look this up. 
Like, every time somebody shot rockets, I would just go, whoa! <laughs> I was, like, the most annoying person in the room, I bet. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's a really pretty game, and it's so cool. Like, you have all these pieces, and you can mix and match them. If you, if you do something stupid, like, put all your wings on one side, it'll, it'll be, it'll handle really weirdly, but I guess it'll still fly. It might just be really slow. Um, and it updates right away, so if you, like, if you change something while you're playing, it'll, like swap it out. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how it does because uh, it's just really fun. <laughs> I, I was I was mostly enjoying the ship designs and like mixing and matching all like the different pieces and like wondering like what kind of ships are going to come out in the future and like what other designs will happen. And I thought it was really cool. Plus it has uh, a ton of circus in it, which if you're not aware is a, uh, a visual motif. I guess you want to describe what an Atano circus is. Yeah, it's a it's a style of uh, of drawing missiles streaking through the air and whipping around in uh, very curvy, unrealistic but very dynamic looking looking styles, uh, which was pioneered in uh, the original Macross series by the art uh, the animation director Itano. Do you know where his idea for it came from? Uh, no. Well, as a child, he used to strap fireworks to his bicycle, <laughs> and he would shoot them ahead of him as he was biking at top speed, and that's, that's what it looked amazing. like. Yeah, Why did I never do that as a kid. I cannot imagine doing that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been too scared, but that's amazing. That must have felt really cool as a kid, though. Yeah, yeah. it makes me wish I was a wild child. Like, <laughs> ah, shoot, doing cool you stuff. Kinda, like that. You can kind of see it. In, in, in an Atanos, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta look up how those missiles do, because I love just the way that that looks whenever mm-hmm. it's done in anime. Uh, so that concludes our Macross Corner. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably end up doing a Macross Corner. It, it's gonna happen once my DVDs arrive, or the Blu-rays. I got the Blu-rays for the uh, uh, the concert that they did. They did this, uh, the Valkyrie concert? Yeah, the Valkyrie. They had this massive blown out concert and i bought the two blu-rays for it and i'm very excited <laughs> very very excited we can talk more about macross uh, in a different podcast <laughs> <laughs> so i think we have so we have our we have our plans um and mm-hmm. i guess we're, we're good to go pretty much uh are you doing anything anything cool outside of uh, making games in these next two weeks got any cool stuff on the horizon uh, i don't know do you I really don't. I'm going to going to that Knott's Berry Farm for some spooks, and I guess we'll be celebrating Halloween before we record yeah. next time. So, oh man, should be some cool Halloween party. Right now, my my plan is just to attend the uh, the work party. I think I'm going to dress up as Sailor Venus as we as we talked about last time. I've still got that <laughs> oh, costume. Great. Still got that costume laying around. That's awesome. I I still have to put together my uh, Uranus costume. Cool. So well, that that's also on my to do list for the next two weeks. Let's chat about Halloween. In a couple of weeks again. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, Estima. Wait, do we need to do a sign-off of some kind? How does this work again? Oh, right. How do we do a sign-off? <laughs> Logging off of free Wi-Fi. Beep, boop, beep. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Beep, boop. Boop, 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 That's the sound of, of getting out of free Wi-Fi. Okay, goodbye, Esteban. Later, Fox.
everybody. Uh, it's uh, Catherine Fox. Thanks so much for watching the show. Watching the show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, episode zero just went out um, a couple days ago as of this recording, and already we're getting like really good responses. People are really excited about the idea of this podcast. Um, I know my recording setup isn't the best. I'm working on it. I'm talking to you right now from underneath a blanket. Wow. Okay. That sounded weird. But uh, I edit this podcast in Audacity. So if you guys have any tips for me about how to improve quality, just editing tips, any of that, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to, to listen to them. You can tweet, tweet them at me. The music you heard this episode uh, includes Street Corner of Youth by Haneda Kentaro. And uh, I also stuck in some uh, Tempbot theme by Baths from the uh, Bee and Puppycat soundtrack. I also just wanted to mention real quick the game I mentioned in this episode um, during the game corner was uh, Starlink. Um, when I was editing, I, I kind of noticed that I stumbled a bit, couldn't really hear me. But Starlink was mentioned. Um, Esteban also mentioned a game called Tend R, so like Tend AR, an AR game. Um, so you want to check those out. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you uh, in the next one. Bye.